congratulations first for your for your victory uh, last month. I think it was a month ago, and uh, even more than that, congratulations to became the woman with the most submission in UFC women's history. And uh, I know I think it's your first submission, right? Win that you got. No, correct. Yes. So you have three with a naked choke and one armbar. Yes. And I, when I was thinking about it, because you're still extremely young in your career, I was like, I have no idea who's going to touch that record in the, in the women's uh, UFC. Do you have any idea who could be toe-to-toe -to -toe with you to get to that submission record? I think there's a few girls in my division, actually, that are kind of – I know Montana De La Rosa, she's at three, I think, and then uh, Cynthia Caveo's at three as well. So there's a few girls that are close, but um, I'm just going to keep on pushing the bar. I'm trying to get fights that, as often as possible. So I'm trying to set the record and make sure they can't catch up. I'm, I want to push it uh, so far, no matter what, these girls aren't going to catch up. That's definitely a good record to keep, to keep getting for you. It's like a, a small challenge to, to keep for sure. But actually, the way you fight – I feel you have more chance to, to get more and more submission than some other girl because like Cynthia, she can win some decisions, some like long fights, stuff like this. You, you really go for it. Like that's what I liked a lot about that fight that we're going to talk about with uh, Courtney is that you encounter some difficulties, but you, you kept going. And no matter what, uh, it's just a race to get to the throat for me. I feel like the rear naked choke's my thing and all these girls know it, but no matter what, I'm going to get it. So it's just, uh, it depends how long I have to beat you up until I get to your throat. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to see it for sure. And it did take you a bit longer than some other time. If I'm not mistaken, you've been three months before, but it was three, three minute ones, right? So like the last fight you had was as the longest fight of your pro career. Uh. I've I've done three rounds before outside of the UFC. So uh, me and Cindy Cavero actually fought outside of the UFC, and we ha we went to a decision there, and I believe my first pro fight. But I've only been to the deci a decision uh, two or three times in my whole career. So last time it was uh, one of my longest fights, the longest fight I've ever had in the UFC. First time I've been to a third round in the UFC. Yeah, I was wondering if. Uh... If you felt nervous that you didn't get the finish after one number two, but you seemed pretty fresh even in one number three. You didn't seem to be that tired. She felt pretty tired because she said you felt very heavy, like a blanket. Yeah. As I said, <laughs> but did you feel all right, cardio wise? Yeah, every single round I was starting with a smile. I was ready to go. I was uh, just happy to be there, and I felt good. I I uh, wish I could have done a little bit more, but I executed my game plan to the best of my ability at that time, and. Uh, obviously got the results that I wanted. For sure. You did see my PR. I remember I watched the fight a couple of times just before this, and I remember that every round, you know, they get the shot of each fighter before the one start, and we can see the mouse piece with the savage in it because you were <laughs> smiling a lot. So I was wondering if Courtney was smiling also or not. Uh, no, she wasn't <laughs> smiling, but uh, I wanted to let her know that, like, this is what I love to do, so you don't belong in here with me. Like, this is my world, and I'm going to run my game plan. It definitely felt, you know, there's a lot of fighters that start with always a lot of good energy when they fight, like uh, Jorge Masvidal is always smiling. TJ Dillashaw is always smiling also. But you, you're one of them. You're always very super happy to be, to be in there. It's, I, I, it was great to watch it. I feel like there's some people, uh, like you said, like Jorge Masvidal, they're fighters, fighters. We just were made for this. Justin Gaethje, too. He's always smiling out there. Like, we just love to be in there. And uh, you can tell it when we are in there. Was it weird for you to fight with that no no audience? Uh, it was, but I feel like it, honestly, it was awkwardly like uh, just relaxed in there. For being in a fist fight, it was just so like I, I don't know. You're in a different world almost. With no audience there. It's just 
there's uh, not as much pressure, definitely. You go in there mentally calmer, and, uh, like, even after I finished the fight, like, celebrating, I felt, like, awkward, because there's nobody else cheering, just me. I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, it's just an awkward scenario in general, but I feel like I performed better in it, almost. Was the fight week okay? Was it a lot of tests, I guess, testing? And, uh, like, well, you were in Vegas, right? So, you were still on the same time schedule, almost? Uh, yeah, there's three hours different, so it's not too bad. And uh, we had one test at the beginning of the week, then one test uh, after weigh-ins, I believe. But uh, after the test after weigh-ins, we weren't allowed to leave the hotel grounds at all. We weren't allowed to see any other people. If we were outside our hotel rooms, we needed to make sure we had our masks on and only credentialed people can go be in the hotel. They had security everywhere to make sure that people aren't trying to sneak corners in or do something like that that aren't getting tested. So it was very strict and uh, the UFC definitely takes care of it as well. So during the fight week, where did you walk out? In your room? Or like, did you have a room? Is there like still a room for the workout depending on the teams? Uh, yeah, the UFC actually, because of the, uh, like, they usually have like a workout room for each corner. So they'll have one for the red corner and the blue corner. But because of the coronavirus, they have a workout room for every single fighter. So we had our own workout rooms this time where they just, they took a hotel room and just took all the furniture out and put it in another room and then uh, matted out the hotel room for us. So we had like a fridge and everything in the background right next to our uh, mats. Oh, that's cool that they did that though. That's great because at least you can walk out pretty much whenever you want and there is no restriction. Oh yeah, so and then cool. also they're keeping it safe for the fighters too, keeping us separated and uh, giving our own space to work. You don't have to worry about anything like that. Of course. When did you leave Vegas? The day after the fight? Uh, yeah, usually I don't like to stay in my location, the location of the fight too long. I'm just trying to get home, get back to bed. Uh, after a fight, I'm pretty exhausted. Like you got the weight cut and everything. I'm just ready to spend some time with my dog after that. <laughs> just took someone and go back to Florida. <laughs> exactly. The mission. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, I want to talk a little bit uh, about that fight because there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, mm. I think if I'm correct, Courtney, she had like maybe three or four inch switch over you. And uh, uh, of course, I'm not... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm saying, uh, I think it is, but I'm not sure. I think it is. And there wasn't that much striking, but we did see some improvement from your part in the striking. I wanted just to have your opinion. Or did you felt on the feet against her? Because she's a pretty good striker. Um, I guess in the moment, I didn't, I wasn't confident in my striking necessarily. Like, it, right after the fight ended, like just thinking back, I was like, oh, I, I didn't do great. And then after rewatching it, now that I've seen how it actually looks, I definitely feel like I've looked be- I look better than I have in previous fights. I definitely saw the improvements that I have made, even though I could still be cleaner, obviously. There's a lot of holes in my game still on the feet off. Uh, but I feel like everybody knows that that's where, uh, that's not my strong point, but um, um working on it every single day with Dean and uh, yeah, we're just trying to make less mistakes every single day. Because I kind of felt the same thing you just said when I watched it live. Uh, first, I was very nervous because I wanted you to win. <laughs> and I was like, okay, on the feet, I want to see what, what's going to happen here. And when on first watch, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I see that much improvement. But when I rewatch and I had time to you know slow it down, watch again some sequence, I was like, oh, there's definitely some stuff, at least some understanding of how it works on the feet that, that were much better. Like, uh, I remember in the first one, you didn't have that much problem. I think there was only like 30, 40 seconds on the, on the feet. Mm. And you very quickly draw like her to jab and get that one too. And you 
since you get that outside trip and get her to the ground. Yes. But on one number two, I think I'm correct in one number two, she starts to get into longer combination, like four, five, six punch. And I think at some point she caught you with like uh, uppercut left hook. Because mm. you blocked the, the first four, four shots that started by like a, a fake. Uh, she finds like the left hook and went with the right hand a couple of times. This you blocked, but you never saw the, the uppercut and left hook behind it. But what I liked about it is that you didn't stop your counter. Even though you got caught by the uppercut, you did land your own left hook and right hand behind it. I was like, oh, that's great. Not because you get caught mid-exchange, you're going to stop throwing yours. So I was like, of course, that's not where you want to be most of the fight to get it long exchange with someone else. But I think it's a good experience for you to at least getting more and more um, comfortable on this long exchange. Uh, exactly. And I feel like in a lot of my previous fights, I felt I'm just so confident in my jujitsu that I was like, we have to get it to the ground now. Like It was almost too much of a rush to get it to the ground where now I'm a little bit more comfortable with my feet. I'm not necessarily rushing to take it to the ground. So uh, it makes it harder to know when my takedown is coming because I, I, uh, I'm just comfortable being on the feet with you. And I want to get it to the point where these girls are scared to be on the feet with me, you know, where they're going to be taking shots on me because they don't want to, uh, they can't handle me on the feet. So we're just moving forward every single day so we get to that point. Yeah, there was also one thing that I think at least felt new for me was that you had like a good lead check hook to counter mm -hmm. a right hand. And I don't, I think you use it pretty well in that, um, in that fight unlike the other one that I saw. And, but something that I like a lot is that in one number three, as you know, you got the takedown pretty, I'm going to say easily, but like with not working that hard to get them. She obviously kept her hands low and started to target your body. So what you did was fainting and getting some head kicks. And I was like, oh, that's great because at least you understood that, of course, now the head is open. So uh, did you feel also comfortable throwing those head kicks in that fight? Uh, because there, there's one that I watched back where I faded the double leg and then came up with a head kick. And I'm like, if it was one second sooner, I would have probably got like, it was, she was ducking so hard. She uh, dropped her head so low because she was trying to defend the double leg. And I'm like, if I would have threw that kick one second sooner, you know, it's like, like I said, I'm trying to make these girls scared. I'm trying to make, I, I want to drop a girl. I want to get a knockout or a TKO. I don't, like, I am a submission artist and I'm always going for the throw, but I want to be able to impress, like, I want them to be scared no matter where they are. Yeah, that's great you said that because I think the first one, you level change when you go with the right straight to the body. And when you level change again for the takedown, she thought the same thing was coming. So she kept her hands even lower and it was very close to be, to be like a big, big head kick. So I was like, oh, I, I hope soon we can see her. Uh, a big one. So uh, uh, let's talk about the ground. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that's it. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to uh, just always change the levels, make them guessing. And uh, never, so they're never comfortable in there. So they're always trying to, uh, always on the defense. So even if it's just a faint, you're still thinking about what I'm going to do. And that's the reason because as you establish the wrestling super early, you just need just one level change for her to freak out and be like, no, no, not again. So I, I felt you use very well that transition between uh, the sweat of the wrestling and getting your strike, a little bit more powerful strike going on. So I think that was a, a great thing, especially in one number three, as we never saw you before in the UFC in one number three. I was like, oh, she's doing pretty great. Oh, yeah, I felt great in there. I felt uh, cardio-wise, everything. I just felt, uh, like it, like you said, I was smiling at the beginning of each round. It just felt good to be in there. And uh, it, it's, it, it, you can't describe the feeling. It's uh, You're in a different world. Yeah, and did you think um, that uh, you also use that uh, inside leg kick to like counter the jab sometimes because she's very long, right? She fight they really mm -hmm. nail a lot of straight punches. So I liked also that you timed those leg kicks to throw her away when she 
she get those one two, and that's why I was like, oh, if she get this lateral movement plus some setup, it start to be at least feeling very comfortable. I was like, oh, she's improving a lot for sure. So I'm very excited to see what will be next. Uh, just on the ground, were you surprised that you got the takedown without that much resistance from her, or did you? Is it something you figured? Um, just watching her previous fights, I assumed it would come fairly easily. It, it almost, I guess it came easier than I expected. It, she didn't, especially for my head outside single, she didn't offer a lot of defense at all. And, but when, and I think she is more comfortable to be on her back on the ground too, because when she has slick hips, she, the whole time she was sitting there trying to switch them out to go for that arm bar. And, uh, she tried, I know she committed really hard in round three for it, but, uh, the whole time she had me. I couldn't really get strikes off as much because uh, I had to be worried about what she was doing on the bottom because she was constantly trying to attack and still do things. And I think she's just a comfortable jujitsu girl on her back. Yeah, because I felt uh, she did not have the best takedown defense at all. And your wrestling looked very great, by the way, but she felt like she was barely wanting to defend it. So, okay, let's be on my back and see what I can do here. But I thought she did a great job at kind of like only getting you some better position, but not being that dangerous in the first one. Like she will for you, like because you 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 moved a lot from half guard to side control back to half guard trying to move to the other side stuff like this, but she will follow your hips pretty well actually, and um, I think I, I might be wrong on this, but I think in one number two between the rounds, it's uh, Dean Thomas who asks you to get some space and then some elbows right. Uh, I have no idea about that part. I, I don't I don't remember. Like, I don't know. It, like I said, you're you're in a different mind space in there, so I don't remember any of the corner bites I got right now. I haven't watched any of the video of that, but um, I was trying to do damage the whole time. But like I said, she was constantly switching her hips out, doing things like that, where I I just felt like she, if I even when I did get caught in that arm bar, it was because I threw a big elbow, and then she switched her hips out really bit uh, hard. Then she was just waiting for me to off balance myself with strikes, so then she could attack. So it became more of a jiu-jitsu match than it was an MMA fight. Yeah, it's true. I think the, the armbar you mentioned was in one number three. And uh, something that was very uh, hilarious for me to watch was that so she got you in the armbar after you, you got the elbow. And uh, you're right. And you said the, to the ref that she had the, the, glo- the, the, the fingers inside the, your gloves. Oh, and you said, oh. but you were smiling. You wasn't like freaked out, like, dude, do something. You were just like laughing. You had a big smile. I was like, oh, she's so comfortable in there. She has no... <laughs> Panic, no, uh, very composed. So, yeah, I think uh, the Amber was like kind of last chance to get you it. The ref, he was like, uh, I told him, I was like, she's got her fingers in my glove. And he looked and he was like, no, she's good. And then that's when I started smiling because I was like, I can feel all of her fingers in my glove. Like, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, are you kidding me? You never felt in danger in the Amber? Uh, almost like right after I talked to the ref, she readjusted and pulled my arm in with the with her fingers in my glove. So it was like she was using the glove to get my arm deeper into the arm bar. And uh, she readjusted for one second, and second got a little bit closer, but there was no point where it hurt. There was no point where I really felt in danger. And then we reset back. I think I went back in her guard right after that. What about the finish? Can you talk a little bit about the finish? Uh, what honestly, uh, I feel like. It's something that a lot of jujitsu people don't really understand that uh, you can get a rear naked choke without your hooks in. So uh, they don't really defend the choke position unless you already have your hooks in, you're on the back. So I had the choke finished by the, like I was still in half guard and I, I had that choke sunk in and deep and 
that's why I was able to hop over so easily with my legs because the choke was so deep. She had to respect it. She had to start defending it. And at that point it was just too late. So, uh, I knew I had it in like when I was in half guard and that's what I know there's the replay video of me and I'm smiling sitting there getting the choke in and because I, I just knew it was over. I knew I was too deep and there was no defending it. Yeah, yeah. And we, we mentioned before, you said to me before when we talked like a couple months ago that you, you don't necessarily feel you need to get the full positioning like the hooks and everything to get to the choke. You, you kind of want uh split your timing a little bit and go further with the choke and see after for the positioning because then they are surprised by it and they have to defend the ends it's a bit too late but actually when i was speaking with some friend of mine that are pretty good at jujitsu they felt also that just having you know your upper body really tight with your back is enough of control to actually get the choke and that the hooks they are important but they are not as important as sometimes the fans may believe okay i even if i get my hooks and i'm usually letting people out i let them i let them escape the bottom half because all it is about keeping my chest to their back so that's going to be where my control is for me. And uh, well, I know once I get that arm, that arm deep enough and I have my head in the right position, that uh, there, there's really no defending. It's to a point where it's, it's like you can't do anything. <laughs> well, that was a great finish. I was very impressed by the finish. I was like, because it was like 14 minutes into the fight, it was a pretty long fight. And, now you, and you made it look super easy. So I was like, yeah, that, that was great. Okay, and then it, I think it's so funny on the timing of how uh, literally like 10 seconds before that, Dean's like, it's never too late to finish. You hear him scream it from my corner, and then te 10 seconds later, uh, the opening was just there. <laughs> yeah, you have seven fights in the UFC. You're five and two, and uh, every fight has a finish. So if people want yeah. to see some, some action, they better watch a fight. And that's how I'm trying to keep my record. I'm trying to, no matter what, I'm going out there to kill or be killed you know I'm, I'm ready to go out on my shield i'm ready to go and just uh fight for a finish yeah yeah and uh, i think in your division actually there isn't that many many uh strong finishers but uh, there was a good finish last week from Ian lipsky i i, I show you liked it <laughs> yeah i watched it and um well I, I'm looking for a matchup right now, so Ariane Lipsky. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually, uh, I wanted to talk to you about what's next, and I was super surprised that you're not ranked. Uh, yeah, I'm super surprised I'm not ranked too. Uh, hopefully my next fight, I'll be able to get a number next to my name. I'm still, I'm just waiting for an opponent. Uh, haven't got anybody to say yes yet, but uh, I know Mick's looking for me, so he's hoping to match me up soon. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just hoping to get news soon. I want to get back in there. Because obviously, even if they don't get you in the, the 15 ranks, you're right there. Obviously, you beat Courtney, who I think at some point was ranked number 15. She has some good victories. And the person who's ranked number 15, you chucked her out. So yeah. I was yeah. confused. And she lost her last fight. So I don't get how they do the rankings. But... Uh, it, it I have no make idea sense. how the rankings work. Literally, uh, Courtney was ranked number 15 until like four or five days before our fight, and then they changed the rankings. So it was literally right before our fight, they just decided to change the rankings. So that's why I didn't get the number 15 spot after that fight. <laughs> Is there like a timeline you would like to fight? Do you want to take some time off or do you want to be back So Oh, I'm, I'm ready to be back. Uh, I, I want to get back there as soon as possible. Uh, they offered me a date and then got back to me and said it wasn't going to happen. So, uh, yeah, whenever they get it for me, I'm ready. I'm like one week notice. I'm good to go. <laughs> so uh, 
so for sure you're fighting this year normally if you find someone you will see you this year oh 100 percent. well hopefully two or three times you'll see me this year yeah i was very aware i mean dini knows you probably better than anyone else in the in that game so and you He's created my style. He's made me the fighter that I am. And uh, now that I have so much of his attention, I get to work with him one-on-one -on -one twice a day, every single day. And I, I just see myself excel uh, technically. And when we watch him and we watch you, sometimes you can see some similar stuff because he was amazing on the ground too as a fighter. He was, uh, my, he was so creative. He was amazing. A lot of my game is definitely attributed to him. It is his mind works in different ways. So it's, uh, we're ahead of the game here. It definitely has a good mind for the game. And it was very interesting to see how he approached the fighting, which was much different than some other coach or fighter I could have talked to. And yeah, I feel you're in a very good place with, with Dean for sure. I feel like a lot of coaches, they're just, they teach what their black belt taught them. So it's like they learn these st this stuff for years and years. So that's what they're going to teach their students. But Dean is creating his own style and trying to innovate the game and move it forward because it is constantly moving forward. It's such a new sport. So uh, like you see like John Danaher did with the in jiu-jitsu where he just created a new style and, not, and nobody knew how to handle it with leg lock. So he created a team of killers because of that. And that's the exact same thing Dean's trying to do right now. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, talking with him, he also had that. He, yeah, what I loved about when we talk a lot about him is that it was never important, you know, to be like the best wrestler or the best jujitsu fighter or like the best boxer. It was to be the best at MMA. So to be the best wrestler for MMA. And he was kind of one of the first coach to get that approach that you just don't train uh, separately, you know, those uh, sports, but it's to put mm -hmm. it together. And like that's why when I say I, I love your striking is because the takedown you got against Courtney or even in your previous fight, it's also because the, the striking gets better and you feel more comfortable. You can sweat a little bit with that, that the takedown gets easier also, I feel. Oh, exactly. And it's like, it's mixed martial arts as a sport. You got to be able to do everything at the same time. Like, I feel like watching like John Jones, he does it perfectly where he mixes up the sport where he's shooting for a takedown and coming up with an elbow or uh, things like that. And uh, you can't just train wrestling. You can't just train striking because a lot of times things for just wrestling don't work for MMA because you're going to get punched in the face here or things for jujitsu. Even it, like some of my good moves in jujitsu are never used in MMA because it's just they don't translate the same. Yeah, I feel, for example, Jones, even though I feel he slowed down a lot lately, but let's say when he was in his prime, he definitely wasn't the best boxer wasn't the best kicker, but he was so good at mixing everything and was great in the clinch. So when they ever encountered, he was always having the, the edge on it. So, and he made the most of his athletic skill also being very long, very tall. So I, mm -hmm. I feel uh, Dean, he was, when we talked, he was very aware of always getting to know the fighter. He said, I cannot uh, corner someone that I doesn't know because I don't know how to talk to them. I don't know if they are like an artist, a fighter, a competitor. You probably heard those profiles that you yeah. mentioned. And uh, it was great to talk about this. So. So yeah, I hope we, we can see you fight a couple more times this year. Uh, is there some fight that you watched lately that impressed you, that you liked? Oh, there's been a lot of good fights lately. Uh, who is it? Uh, Jack Hermanson this last weekend against Kelvin Gaston with a beautiful heel hook. So fast. that I was absolutely shocked by that, like, just how fast it happened. Just vicious attack. I think he did a good job at uh, um, making sure that Gaston cannot you know, type on the armstring and get away like he could not move he went very very fast uh kelvin gassum almost looked like he was out of it he he looked like he was halfway out and then jack minson just readjusted and uh had it in deep 
I have a question about training. Do you still train uh, jujitsu, gi, and nogi, or just nogi? Uh, I do primarily nogi. Uh, honestly, I'd say about eighty-five percent of my training is just drilling. Like Dean is just very big on drilling, getting uh, repetitive uh, movements, and so your brain just gets used to it. So then, when you go live, it's just natural. Your body's used to making those movements, and uh, you make smarter decisions, so it makes going live easier. Uh, so yeah, it's. I, I train gi and no gi occasionally. I don't, uh, it's mostly, like I said, it's mostly drilling. And if I'm training gi, it's more of like uh, post-fight playtime. Like I have fun in the gi, but I, I never really train it during camp. And talking about jiu-jitsu, you were supposed to have a contest in Submission Underground 12, I think. Like on, no, maybe July 12, it was anyway. I don't forget, I forgot the number. But so it got canceled because you had to stay in Florida, I feel. Oh, yes, correct. Because uh, Dean tested positive for coronavirus, the UFC had called me and told me that uh, I should quarantine for 14 days just in case. Uh, and so I wasn't able to leave the state. And um, But we rescheduled that, hopefully for August 30th, as long as I don't get a fight around that date. <laughs> uh, so um, hopefully that happens August 30th and it'll be on UFC Fight Pass. Yeah, and uh, I have a question from someone that really likes you, a big fan of yours, called Christian. He was wondering if you're always working towards your opponent getting in the four-point position, or is it just that as soon as it happens, you go for the, the choke every time? Uh, no matter what, if uh, as long as I can get my hand deep and around your throat, then that's like it's about my hand position and my head position. So I just got to get my head in the right place, and I got to get my hand deep, and uh, I can finish it with one arm. Like, I... They can have my other hand trap and I can finish it. And if I get that other hand out, then it's to the point where it's like you're not getting out. Did they show a takedown on you in your career in the UFC? Uh, never in the UFC. I think I'm, I think Cynthia Caveo might have whenever we were uh, like outside of the UFC. But I, And even then, I think she's the only person who ever has. Nobody ever wants to shoot on me. And uh, that's why I really want to work on my striking. I want to make it so they don't want to stand with me because then uh, – no matter where you are, you, you don't want to be there. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's why I ask that because like um, people who just saw your last fight, we didn't see your, your, your game from your back, but for most of the fights, you will pull guard or went on your back and you're not scared at all to be on your back also. Okay, so I feel like I'm almost stronger off my back. I have a great uh, guard game, but it's just in MMA, like, like how we were talking earlier about how it, it's mixed martial arts. So I was so much of a jujitsu fighter before, and now I'm trying to transition to a mixed martial artist. And I feel like that's why you've seen uh, when I was an amateur in my early pro fights as well, I have a couple armbar finishes. I think I have like five or six total between my amateur and early pro fights. And then these last couple UFC fights, I've had very naked chokes. And it's because I'm not staying on bottom as much. I'm not staying in my guard as much. I'm being, I'm utilizing my wrestling better so I can stay on top and do damage. So I'm not losing around because I'm just searching for arm bars on my back the whole time. I feel like the girls that you're going to have to watch out for in the next couple of years are going to be the younger girls like me or Montana De La Rosa and obviously Macy Barber too. Like we're all up there and we're competing at a high level and uh, we're growing every single day. So it's going to be the young girls who are going to be taking over soon. All right. Yeah, well, that's all for me. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, uh, thank you so much. hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully we can see you then on late August for your fight. And uh, yeah, that would be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh yeah, no, it was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, just watch me get my hand raised on UFC Fight Pass August 30th. For sure, I will. Thank you so much. <laughs>
Bye-bye. Have a good day. Thank you. You too.